0: Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allendary and I'm an infectious disease specialist in New Orleans.
1: Hi, my name is Hope Pickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is a noise filter podcast where an infectious diseases physician, that's me and a health education expert. That's me. Talk to healthcare professionals about what you need to know about COVID-19 as well as community and public health.
0: For a long time, we've been aware of how underlying health conditions can impact COVID-19 infections. Studies have come out showing that the connection between obesity and other diet-related illnesses and COVID-19 cases. Take, for instance, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of Britain, who is in the ICU with a severe case of COVID-19. Afterwards, he commented on how his weight impacted his illness. Johnson took this as a wake-up call to become healthier and to tackle the issue of obesity.
1: He led a campaign which included mandating nutrition labels on foods in restaurants, having healthier foods near checkout aisles, and blocking junk food advertisements on TV before 9 p.m. Johnson began leading a healthier lifestyle, adopting new healthier habits, and encouraging British citizens to do the same. Other countries are following suit and implementing tighter restrictions around junk food and are encouraging healthy behaviors. Countries are looking to ban or reduce sales of sugary drinks and other junk foods in children.
0: Dream with me, Hope, that we would ever come to a place like this. Like, I'm looking at this and I'm just like so envious, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because in the U.S. there are no big like that. that Can you imagine banning advertisements of junk food before nine like? dream with me
1: (laughs) that Um, would i can't dream because that would never happen here
0: In the U.S., there have been no big legislative moves addressing the link between diet, obesity, and severe COVID-19. Research shows that obesity is driven by systemic issues and our current food systems, not due to quote-unquote willpower. Prevention is very important, as research shows, that Mm -hmm. most people don't have access to long-term and rigorous treatments to reverse obesity long-term. Diet-related illnesses are an epidemic in America, impacting many, many people.
1: Researchers estimated that diet-related illnesses were comorbidities in two-thirds of hospitalizations for COVID-19. Those who have a BMI of 45 or more are one-third more likely to be hospitalized for COVID and 60% more likely to die from COVID. My goodness. It's clear how important this issue is and should receive more focus in legislative action. For now, it is up to us to make the best choices for ourselves to protect our health and well-being. And why do you think that is, Dr. Derry? Like, why do you think there isn't the focus in legislative action? I don't understand it.
0: I think that there's this perspective of and I think it's a misguided perspective of what personal freedom means. Mm. Um, And I think that. Because of this highly individualistic approach that our American society takes, Mm -hmm. I think that runs counter to that, despite it being for your well-being. For example, do you have the freedom to get in your car and drive without a seatbelt? Well, yes, you do. Mm -hmm. but. You could get a ticket as a result of it, right? So, we've realized that mandating seatbelts are helpful. Do you have the freedom to go to a bar to get drunk? Yes. Do you have a freedom to get in a car and drive after that? No. We've realized so there are things that we have decided as a society that we can limit due to personal safety or public health safety. But this is an example where that's not the case. I mean, take the vaccinations that we're seeing all over the country. We're seeing, you know, mandates being reversed. We're seeing in so-called red states where political leaders are not taking vaccination seriously, mm-hmm. even though we know it is for the health of the community. They're putting the priorities of our so-called individualistic or autonomous society above the public's health.
1: It's unbelievable, honestly.
0: Yeah. Tonga sees its first COVID case. The Oceanic Island Nation of Tonga saw its first COVID case at the end of October, According to NPR, the case arose following a flight into the nation from Churchill, New Zealand. A Mormon missionary on the flight tested positive upon arrival and was quarantined in a hospital. Churchill has been COVID free for some months now, but saw some cases crop up following the outbreaks in Auckland, New Zealand. New Zealand health officials said that the traveler to Tonga was vaccinated and tested negative for COVID before the flight into the country.
1: Tonga is in a unique situation in terms of pandemic management. Like many oceanic nations, its remote location kept it COVID free for a long time, but the health infrastructure is not equipped to handle a widespread outbreak. In nearby Fiji, there were very few cases until April of this year when the Delta variant infected more than 50,000 residents.
0: Around 30% of Tongans are fully vaccinated, but almost half the adults in the country have at least gotten one dose. Following the news of the case, Tongans have rushed to get vaccinated at the nation's available sites, and the country has enacted a strict
1: lockdown. Hope for malaria prevention. The goal set to reduce malaria incidence and mortality by 2030 seemed unlikely to be met at current rates of progress. COVID 19 had a devastating effect on malaria control. By delaying prevention measures designed to combat seasonal peaks in disease transmission. However, even with concerns about pandemic setbacks, recent results of clinical trials offer some hope for reinvigorating the malaria response.
0: According to The Lancet, a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine in August showed a striking reduction in malaria when chemoprevention was combined with vaccination against malaria. The study consisted of about 6,000 children aged 5 to 17 months who were randomly assigned to the different intervention groups, and they were followed for three years. The primary outcome was incidence of uncomplicated clinical malaria.
1: Overall, There are about 1,661 cases of malaria in the chemo prevention alone group, 1,540 in the vaccine alone group, and 624 in the combined intervention group. These incidences equated to protected efficacies of 63% and 60% for the combination group versus chemo prevention alone and vaccination alone. Compared with either intervention alone, the preventive efficacies of the combination against hospital admission for severe malaria and against death from malaria were at least 70 percent. Two
0: other preliminary clinical trials testing different combinations of drugs versus vaccines alone are also proving promising. The combination intervention seems the most likely candidate for routine implementation, but whether protective efficacy sustained over several years or which intervention is appropriate in settings of year-round endemic transmission are unknown.
1: Malaria is a disease that is treatable and preventable if only there were consistent access to drugs bed nets, and insecticides to the people in places that need them. Although we're still dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, politicians and policymakers must not forget about the goals to minimize and hopefully eliminate another deadly disease like malaria for good. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter
0: podcast, follow us on social media, and to leave us a review, letting us know your favorite part of the show.
1: You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at www.hopepickerson.com.
0: And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at The Dr. Derry, that's D-R-D-E-R-Y.
1: You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and to see and share our amazing animations and to find out more information about us and the show, go to NoiseFilterShow.com.
0: Just as a reminder, COVID 19 and the human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, do share the same risk factors. We are so grateful to our sponsors, Access Health Louisiana and to the South Central AETC. You can learn more about them at www.scaetc.org. Hope, any last words?
1: Yes, stay well out there, folks, and continue taking the steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, and seeing your healthcare provider regularly.
0: And protect yourselves and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. As an infectious diseases doctor, I also want to share with the healthcare providers in our audience that the HIV Care Tools app was recently launched by the AIDS Education and Training Center, the AETC. And it's a fantastic tool for ensuring your patients have access to the best standard of care. I encourage you all to check it out. And remember, health is a human right.